Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Thalia, one of the pastors here at Northview. I'm sitting with Crystal. Hello. I'm one of the pastors here at Northview as well. <laughs> Looking forward to some summer holidays with my kids in the next little while. Mm-hmm. And Erin. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Okay. So we have a listener question today before we get to our topic. And the topic's going to be really fun. It's on resting or rusting. Yes. But hang on for a second. We'll do the listener question first. The question is this. What are women supposed to do and how are they encouraged to act when their husbands are either unbelievers or not leading in a godly way? Hmm. That's the one we get up almost every time, I think, when we talk about submission or we talk about marriage, relationships, and yeah, and, uh, yeah how you're supposed to submit to your husband, those kind of things. So it's a, it's a good question because it comes yeah. up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, first of all, as people, we are each individually individually responsible to God for who we are, for how we act, for whether we're in line with His Word. And so, Mm -hmm. we have to take that seriously and be who God's called us to be as women, as people, living lives that please Him. So, to keep growing ourselves. Yep. So, what would that look like? Yeah, be at church, be involved with other women, with other friends, um, be involved in Bible study, in community, um, whatever ways you can find to keep yourself healthy as a Christian woman. Yeah, and to find ways to be bringing that into your home life where it's accepted, where it's received well. Where it feels appropriate. Right, yeah. without it being nagging and kind of pushing really hard. Yeah, sometimes we have women who are really on fire about their faith and their husbands aren't, and so they want to get involved in like five things a week <laughs> yeah. and every, you know, serve at all the services on the weekend, and they're so excited to mm-hmm. be involved. And we've kind of said to them, hold on, like, it's great that you're so excited, but you also want to honor your family, you want to yeah. honor your husband, you don't want to push him further away by having yourself so busy or so mm-hmm. uninvolved with him. And so we've encouraged right. them, like, maybe pick one or two things that you're involved in here at church and then show that you value time spent with him and right. with your family and... And other things as well, so they don't feel like they're pushed into a corner. Yeah, so that might mean adapting when you go to church for the benefit of your family. Right. right. So there are some women that deliberately go Saturday night or Sunday night so they can spend Sunday day with their family. Right, because the priority in the household is to do some kind of leisure activity or yeah. sports activity or something. Right. One thing that's important to me is I tell a lot of women that we cannot force our husbands to change. Yeah. You yeah. can't put them in a chair, duct tape them and say, you must believe or you must act this way. We, right. we, they are adults. They have the right in this world, on this planet, to choose how they want to act and how they want to believe. So we can't force them. And that's a big deal because we would love to make people around us do what we want them to do. Right. And I think we feel maybe a bit of shame sometimes or embarrassment if our husband isn't that kind of godly leader that other people's husbands are or whatever. Yeah, and we or want jealous. To ca- yeah, jealous, right? So we want to have this image that we portray or we just want that for ourselves. And yeah. so we try and impress that upon them, but it usually doesn't work. <laughs> well, no. it doesn't work. No. But what I hear you saying is that, that those actions of making space for the family, making space for his priorities as well, yeah. and finding some church things is a balance which is hopefully bringing unity in that yeah. marriage not dissension in the marriage yeah mm-hmm. and it's keeping you strong in the middle of it because yeah. you don't want like it's always that danger when you're married to an unbelieving spouse that you just follow then his trail because right. it's the trail of least resistance right which isn't healthy either we want to honor god because we are christians first yes. and wives second but we want to do it in a way that honors honors our husbands too mm-hmm. right so try and find that balance 
Yeah, and it's very hard because often as our kids get older, they follow the person who looks like they're having more fun on the weekends. So if dad <laughs> is sleeping in or going to play golf, kids want to do those things too. So maybe as a mom, you can find other ways for your kids to be involved in things of faith. So right. day camps here in the summer or youth groups or things like that where they can still learn about Jesus, but maybe it isn't on a weekly Sunday program. Yeah. I mean, that would be great if they're willing to, but it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. And I'd encourage um, moms, like if you are concerned that your husband isn't being kind of a godly leader to your kids, get the kids involved in youth or activities here where they do have other godly Mm -hmm. men that are speaking into their lives. Your husband might not be that person, but they can be other people that God uses in their life to encourage them in their faith. And And that might be a word to community groups who have a mom in their group who has yeah. children who are growing up in a family without a maybe a godly father yeah. to go ahead and take that role invite them the whole family to the camp trip or the the picnic at the park or whatever it is and encourage that yeah, yeah. and you never know what will happen like he's in process yeah so he may yet become a believer and so we want to leave space for that and not just write him off exactly it sometimes takes people a little while and we don't know how god is working in their life yeah, and we want to be examples of joyful Christians who are living a life that pleases God out of our own love for God, not mm-hmm. like these guilt-producing, uh, wagging our finger at people, <laughs> yeah, kind of, sure. you know, shaming help. people into the kingdom kind of people. Right. Like, that doesn't work. No. So, <laughs> Okay, would. let's keep moving. We have this great topic today on are you resting or are you rusting? So Crystal found this quote. Can, tell us about that. Well, we thought we would do something on leisure time since it is summer and people have various ways of kind of thinking about leisure and we'll talk about some of those extremes. And so I just was on the internet looking at, you know, what are different quotes about leisure? And this one quote just said, when you rest, when you rest, you rest. And I thought, well, that's not really true. Like you can rest in ways that aren't resting. Um, And so we kind of thought those words kind of grabbed our attention as we were talking about this topic. So what are things that lead us to kind of rest and what are things that lead us to rust? Mm Because there is things that make us kind of rusty. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. What are some restful things and restful things? We're going to be careful with our (laughs) pronunciation here. Sorry. Restful. Okay, let's start with restful things. Uh, Anything, I think, that makes your body or your brain shift gears. Like if you're going in one direction all the time and all of a sudden you get a complete shift of of activity level, of focus, of attention, um, that just produces a level of, of rest in your mind, I think, and your body. Right. Mm-hmm. We're made up of all sorts of different parts. Yeah. The, the academic side of us or the uh, the believing side of us, the part that needs sleep, yeah. body part that needs rest and sleep and exercise, new good nutrition, those are all time-consuming bits. Yep. When I think of restful, I think of things that give us life. What are mm-hmm. some of the fun things that fill us up? It's different for each person. Yeah. For me, I like exercising. I love being outside. Um, I like reading. Other people, I know my mom will sit down and play piano. Mm-hmm. That's her. Like she, And I just know she's in her happy spot when I walk into her house and she's playing piano. Like it just, I just know that's filling her up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Father's Day, I uh, didn't even phone my parents until the evening because I'm like, they are going to be hiking. I know that. So why would I call in the middle of the day? They're not going to be home. Right. (laughs) That fills them up. Yeah. I love it when um, we get to visit with people and just have lots of laughter. Yeah. That's great. 
Yeah, good relationships can be that yeah. way. Yeah, life-giving. So and restful does not have to mean inactive. No, it doesn't need to be no. having a nap. It can be. It can be. Having a nap. We were talking earlier about feeling sometimes like we have a computer reset switch where you have yeah. that nap and all of a sudden, oh, okay, all the circuits are working now again. So it yeah. can be that, but it can be very active. It yeah. can just be a shifting of gears in a different way. Right. So on the other side, rust producing. What are these kinds of things? So I think they'd be things that lead us away from God, um, things that lead us away from our marriage relationships, from good parenting, from friendships, things that are kind of distracting us from our main purpose. Yeah. So it could be watching a TV show that might not be necessarily bad, but it could be then extending into four hours of TV every night or something so that you're just not engaging with other people. Right. Something that could have been restful in, in a small portion, watching a TV show for half an hour, an hour could be just perfectly restful for somebody. Their brain gets to shut down for a little bit and yeah. they get a little break. But when that turns into something more um, habitual and it takes up too much time, and yeah. that's very rusty. Yeah. You're Rust not- producing would lead us to selfishness. It would lead us to isolation in the long term, maybe. Yeah. To not in the less- short term. Sometimes we need our alone time. Yeah. But if you do something where you're isolating yourself long term from people, that would be rust producing, I would think. Yeah. When you're never engaging with other people yeah. or very seldom or only on your own terms. Yeah. Right? right. You're not sharpening yourself. You're not growing in sanctification, right? In the right. image of Christ, if you're yeah. doing that. And both of these develop into habits. So good habits or bad habits, the rest producing develops habits that are, like you said, not leading us towards a good marriage or towards God or towards good friendships. They're hurting us. Yeah, or not towards health. Mm-hmm. Right? It could be overeating. It could be overdrinking. It could be oversleeping. It could be over anything, yeah. overindulging in something. Overindulging. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. That leads us in a way that's not physically healthy or emotionally healthy or spiritually healthy or relationally. Yeah, so hopefully this grabs your attention. I know when I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking at home, hmm, what am I doing right now that is restful or rustful. Well, that's good, huh? Yeah, I like that, Crystal. That was good. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the guilt part. Mm-hmm. We often mm-hmm. feel so much guilt when we do anything restful. So, and to counteract that, what are the benefits of actually taking some downtime? I think it's just so good for our bodies. Sometimes we're really sleep-deprived. Sometimes yeah. we haven't been able to eat well because we haven't had time to make good food for ourselves. And sometimes we don't have time to have good conversations with the people in our family or in our community. Just that rest, having the chance to get those things in order. I find it funny because every summer, as I get to the end of our Bible studies, like we usually try to end around end of May, the May long weekend, and there's always some pushback within the group, like, seriously, like we're starting now? Like it's going to be three months until we're in God's Word again? And, you know, why do you guys take summer off and all this stuff? And I'm like, I am so exhausted. Like I'm just crawling to work (laughs) to get here because I've been teaching all year. And people don't realize, like, I'm not saying don't be in God's Word, but we all need rests sometimes. We need times where we're not... When like what that you're stopping, they feel horrified because it's like we're saying we're stopping our spiritual life yeah. for these months, which is not true. We are stopping organized women's ministry at Northview, but not organized in your own home or with your own friends. No, because I, with maturity, we would do that on our own. Right. That would be the hope. Yeah, yeah. that everybody is doing something, whether it's every day or just a couple times a week or whatever. They they're in God's word at some level. But there's a lot of guilt around the fact that we are stopping 
doing our organized Bible study or yeah. stopping, you know, taking time for a holiday in the summer or things like that. Like it's it's a little bit hard for people. Yeah. So I don't know why, <laughs> because I know for myself I need that I need that downtime in order to reset and rejuvenate. Yeah. And if I would go into September having taught all summer, I just would be a basket case in yeah. September. And so I know for myself I need that. Uh, there's a movie that I loved when I was I don't know about 10, 20, 15 years ago. Maybe I watched it. It's called Enchanted April. It's about okay. these four women after World War One or World War Two that rent this castle in Italy, and they all go for different reasons why they want to get away from England, which is all rainy and stuff. But there's this one scene where this woman in it, who's been just the, the perpetual do-gooder, always doing good, always being mm-hmm. you know a little bit self-righteous and stuff, and she's just kind of lying there with his head on her rock and looking at the sun, and she just said. There's something about this place that makes your mind slip sideways. Hmm. That little quote just stuck with me because it's good to be in those places where your mind just kind of slips hmm. sideways, right? Where it just kind of gets out of that rut and routine and it gets into a different rhythm. Yeah. And you can think about things differently and mm-hmm. yeah, you, you look at your life differently. A change yeah. of scenery is very good for that, yeah. I think. Yeah. rests your brain from the things that are really pressing in on you all the time. Yeah, yeah. We always go, we often drive to Saskatchewan in summer because Bob's family's there. And I don't mind those road trips, like Mm. 16 hours of just in the car and quiet and Hmm. music and talking. And my mind always thinks of something new in those 16 hours. Yeah. We used to live in an African metropolitan area. And when we would periodically get out of the city someplace, away from the street front poverty, the dirt, the sewage all the busy care the busy work of our week and we would get out into the kind of countryside and rent a little lake house for a weekend and it was always so peaceful by the time we mm-hmm. even get to the lake house we would feel restful already yeah just the change of scenery not having people begging at your car window and right. the the smog all around you all the time it's and a fun we- question to ask people what do you find restful because mm-hmm. some people find it restful to be at the beach or at a lake house, and some people find it restful to be in a city and being active and looking at museums and wandering around the shops mm-hmm. and restaurants and cafes. Like, it's a very interesting question to find out how people are wired. Yes. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about wiring. We have different personalities. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about different kinds of personalities we have. Well, I think you have the extreme busy people. Mm-hmm. that just can't ever rest. Like mm-hmm. they're continually flitting around all doing chores, doing household things. Puttering, 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 puttering. Yeah, they can't <laughs> rest at all. Hummingbirds, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you have the people that just are very slothful and rest a lot and <laughs> don't do much else. And so then there's some of us that are kind of part way in between there. Yeah. Yeah, that cultural busyness is part of what we have like that badge of busyness, we feel a little bit more, I don't know, what, validated, maybe approved if we're busy all the time, which is pretty normal September to June for a lot of people. We're busy and we like to tell people we're busy and we have all kinds of activities. Yeah, I know it makes us feel, yeah, like you said, important or like we have things to do. And maybe if we say that we're busy, people won't bug us with things that you're adding more things to our list or something. So it's maybe a self-protection thing a little bit to say that too. Yeah. Because when I ask women during the year, what do you like to do with your downtime or your free time or something? They'll often say, oh, I don't have any free time. And they can't answer the question for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so sad. Hmm. That's hard. Yeah. Like sometimes it might be because someone thinks that their downtime is if they have actual vacation hours. Maybe. Like from their job. And some people's no, but vacation even, time would they, be really tight. But then I guess maybe it's a different thing. Like 
what can you do in your day or your yeah, week that would be restful? They can't identify it, though. Often they will mm-hmm. be busy with kids or jobs or from studies. From the moment they wake up. From the moment they wake up to the moment they yeah. go to bed. And they're often going to bed 11, 12 later because they are still doing tasks. Of so the idea of stopping those tasks to have some downtime is sort of a foreign concept. Yeah, and I think sometimes our to-do lists are, like, I think sometimes there are legitimately a lot of things we have to do, but I think sometimes our standards are just too high. Yeah. And we don't realize we actually do need rest if we're going to keep going, because we can't keep this up forever. And so we just have to let go of some of those standards sometimes and say, you know what, I'm just... It's more important for me right now that I have this conversation, that I sit on the couch for, with my kids for a bit, that I do these other things. Yeah. So let me put that in here. That's a good place to put it in that this podcast is a little bit more aimed towards sort of the regular people. But if you are headed towards burnout or if people are telling you you're headed towards burnout, mm-hmm. that's important to pay attention to and it's important to get help. Yeah, that's a different level. We're talking about kind of the everyday, just nitty gritty busyness, but there are people who are insignificant. Yeah. Yeah, need some mental health help, either medication or just serious rest. Yeah. So I tell people first go to the doctor, a medical doctor, get some help for that, and then they can assess whether you need what else? Medication, treatment of some sort, a mental health therapist, a psychologist, psychiatrist, who knows. But there are some serious cases of burnout. Compassion fatigue is the new word for that. Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> Compassion fatigue. Yeah, yeah. For some people, because we care so much yeah, for others other people? that it leads to... Oh, yeah, so we in, don't care for ourselves. Right. We right. care for others too much, in a way. Yeah. And then probably not doing your job really very well. Yeah. If you get to that point. Yeah. And unfortunately, once you've had burnout once, it can be easier to get there again. Oh, just like malaria. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Learn something you know new more about that. <laughs> okay, what are some other extremes for personality? Well, people who are often just, it's hard to get up and go and get to yeah. go do things. They would prefer to be relaxing and having um, lots of social time, perhaps, maybe yeah. more out of, out of context too much. Yeah. People who would be just kind of a little bit... Lazy. I run into people quite a bit who will come home from work, so they have a very, you know, uh, busy job, and then they will come back home and literally not move off the couch, turn on the TV and move off the couch all evening. Hmm. And, you know, we totally get that now and then. There, yes. there are times for that, absolutely. But if that becomes a habit, then it goes back to that rust producing because it, if you think of that over the long term and you do that every day for weeks, for months, for years, wow, what are you going to have to show for that at the end? Well, you're not yeah. growing. No. You might know a little bit more about forensics from CSI, but you <laughs> probably aren't growing academically or spiritually or relationally. Yeah, more about And CSI. maybe your house is getting really messy too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so I think it's 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 important to think about the long term implications of anything that we're doing, yeah. like how how what's this investing into long term, right? Mm-hmm. So, so a few people I've encouraged that way as I've said, okay, well look at your evening and maybe you can do something restful for like half an hour or an hour mm-hmm. that we've talked about, and then maybe you can go for a walk or do some exercise for half hour hour. Then maybe you can do like a house task, and then you can come back and do something restful, and then yeah. alternate it throughout the evening so you over time, accomplish a few things and get a few things going. Right. And I've even encouraged some people to come to women's ministry because one night a week over the year, you'll have already gained some biblical knowledge in a book of the Bible or you'll gain some relationships. Like it really makes a long-term payoff. 
Yeah, it's fun looking back as we planned this year for our, for our last year or for next year's women's Bible study. We had a list of all the stuff that we've done over the last five or six years, mm. and it's just interesting to look back and say, "Oh yeah, we studied that and that okay. and that." And you know, a little bit at a time doesn't feel like a you know a lot, but then you look back over it, you think, "Wow, we actually have covered a lot of ground." Yeah, over time, and so I think that's for if we invest little bits of time in every day, uh, it's surprising what you can get done. Totally, what you can learn over time. Yeah. I always feel like I have to deserve my rest time at the end of the evening. Like, okay, I'll just do half an hour of this, and then I need to go check in with that kid for a little bit, and then we have to go pick somebody up. And then right there, after I've got all my bit, all my so chores done, it's the reward, done, it's the reward to at the end yeah. of the night. <laughs> and so what is it for you? Oh, usually watching TV or reading a book or something. Yeah. So what kind of TV shows do you like? Oh, um, I'm like you. I like HGTV or like a good crime investigation story something like that okay i found a new one that i'll put a plug in okay. for madam secretary oh oh I, yeah that's a good one yeah i'm in season one yeah i went to itunes and just bought one to try and then i'm i'm hooked what i love about it is that it's this powerful woman in a position of authority she's secretary of state mm-hmm. for the u.s government but she has this great marriage and they push back and forth and they argue and they uh, make up and they it, it's a great marriage and they have kids that they have great relationships with but they have arguments like any other family okay so I'm Real really people. impressed that it's actually like it feels life-giving as a show hmm. it doesn't feel like it's rust producing but I'm not watching again like five of them in a row just now no. and then a couple times a week we can watch Madam Secretary it's my latest <laughs> That's good. Yeah. What do you like to do? I know you like to run, Crystal. What else do you do? Yeah. Camping, spending time at the beach, water skiing, like be on the boat. Whenever I get on our, we have a little little ski boat and it's nothing fancy, but whenever I get on it, it just feels like detached from the world and in a different place. I like skiing, like mountain skiing in the winter. mm -hmm. Love that. That's how I feel when I go skiing. Yeah. Really feeling like, yeah. Totally resets. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important too, to detach from um, technology that's mm-hmm. a big thing, even on your day-to-day basis. I yeah. know on days when I go home and I just intentionally turn the email notifications on my phone off, Okay. even just doing that one act of turning off that notification makes me feel like I'm rested. Like, mm-hmm. it's a funny thing because I know I'm not going to be getting anything from somebody for a while, or if I do it for a long weekend. It's amazing how just those little pieces of intentionally setting up that boundary get, makes get, gives you that feeling of rest. Yeah, I do that. I, just so you all know, I'm pretty much never on Facebook anymore. It was just causing me to fill up with too many things in my head. So I hardly ever look at it. I look at Instagram once a day because I don't have that many people that I'm following. So it doesn't (laughs) doesn't take me very long. And I'm also very careful to close my laptop or, like you said, don't check my email. I keep my phone in one place in the kitchen and I'll check it periodically. I get texts from my kids, but... It's very important that I'm not constantly thinking work. Yeah. That I have to literally say, work is done for now. as a restful thing for me. Mm-hmm. I know for Mark, my husband, he uh, loves to read the news. And he would read all kinds of news reports right. all day long. So he's delegated to his lunch hour and a little bit else at one time of the day. So it doesn't take up too much of his time. Cause Again, he, that reward thing, yeah, right? Restful, not <laughs> rust-producing. Because he was, he was uh, reading far too much news years ago. And so he decided that wasn't good for him. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin reads the news a lot too, and yeah. he has to restrain himself. I yes. think. <laughs> yeah, so, and I think there's just a, there's a balance too, just to enjoying the fact that we do have stuff to do, that we are busy, or we have things to fill our days. Because I know I yeah. spent a month in 
Children's Hospital on bed rest, and I was just bored out of my mind. I could watch TV as much as I wanted. I could read as much as I wanted, but I was so bored. And those days took so long. And when people came to visit, it was so great. (laughs) But, you know, you realize then you don't want to be like 24-7 with nothing to do. Like that, the the idea of retirement and stuff scares me to a certain degree. Like I think you want to still be purposeful. I think so. Even in your resting and your retirement, because... That's a long, like days are long when there's well, nothing th- to do. I think about that. I watch um, HGTV a fair bit and I watch the show called Caribbean Life sometimes. And I think they're moving to the Caribbean and they're going to just be there as a couple. Mm-hmm. They don't have any friends, any church connection, no. or at least it doesn't show it on the show. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you going to do with your time? Like a week or two, I'd be good. And then after that, I'd be like, what? You can't just lie in your hammock all the time. No. No. Well, I don't think we should as Christians anyways, but I don't think it's good for but us. But you go stir crazy. I think so. Yeah. Cabin fever. Yeah. 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 I even had, I had one year where I was working nights a lot. I was waitressing, and it was right after I got out of high school. And all my friends were either in school or um, working daytimes. And I had all these days to myself. It was the same kind of thing, right? And it just, I didn't get anything done because no. I was just so bored. <laughs> but I would have had all this time to do stuff, but it just felt so, I got into this crazy perpetual cycle of, just nothingness yeah. because I just didn't like where I was at. I think that's the benefit of summer. It's a limited time. Yeah. So you have a limited time to rest and recover intentionally so that we can be purposeful again exactly. starting in September. So that we can start again all refreshed, renewed, ready to go. Yeah. So I think it's important to think about summer that way, to be intentionally restful. What's causing you to rest and recover so that we can be purposeful? Yeah. Mark always freaks me out. He starts in about May. He starts saying, you know what? Summer's coming up. We only have eight weekends in summer. I'm like, what? <laughs> eight weekends? What do you mean? Eight? And so he's like, we got to plan it out. we got to yeah. figure out what we want to do, which freaks me out too. So I'm like, I, I can't plan it all out right now. I don't know. Yeah, he's a go-getter. He has to do those things. <laughs> I kind of feel like that. I get restless too. I'm like, can we please go camping this weekend? Please, 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 please. <laughs> How can we make this work? Do you camp tents or trailer? We'll wear tenters. Okay. Yeah. Diehard tenters. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> if you could see her face, it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> she looks really enthused about the tent. Yeah. Okay. I wish I had a trailer with a kitchen in it. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit. So what should be the end result if we rest well? We think of summer now. If we rest and recover well, what should be the end result? I think that you would have a chance to invest in some relationships. Be, oh. Have good conversations with the people that are you're busy with all the time, but you never have time to have those conversations. And for me, that means a lot of time in summer, it's connecting with people I don't get a chance to see right. during the year, people yeah. who live further away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I often find it's a good, holidays in general are a good time to host because during the week, during the year, we're with hockey games and volleyball, whatever, we're often out. And so we're at different things that just don't allow us to be at home as much but the holidays are just easier you're not having to pack lunches for the next day you're not having to do all those Mm -hmm. little things and so that's often a good time for entertaining and catching up with people for sure yeah i think we would also see that our bodies are seeing some benefits so whether that's we need to spend some time hiking or or being active going for walks while the weather is great yeah or whether that is rest actual sleep catching up on on that because when our bodies are rested then often our moods are better Mm-hmm. Not so irritable and snappy and all that kind of stuff, grumpy. There's something to be said for the lounge chair on the deck. Uh-huh. Yeah. I notice at home that if I sit on the couch, which I usually do each day, I'll put all my papers and books around me because that's like a happy space. If I sit there, it's not too long before one or both kids or all three, Mark and my kids, will just kind of wander into the living room and sit 
there with me. They'll either be reading or on a device of some sort, or they'll just be chatting to me. There's something about uh, when I'm calm, my family is calm. Yeah. 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 And then they're willing to open up. Yeah. They seem to disappear as soon as I'm in task mode. And if I'm zooming around doing laundry and kitchen stuff, they like clear out of the way. So I sometimes deliberately think, okay, I need to go and sit down and it's not very long, but they'll notice. Yeah, it makes us all feel more mm-hmm. rested. I know when I'm at somebody's house and the hostess can't sit down, I feel stressed. Yeah. Like, I feel a little bit like, come on, like, do I have to be there doing this? Do I have to do that? Whereas if somebody can just sit down and enjoy the evening with me, then yeah. I feel more relaxed. And so I try and do that. Yeah, same thing with my same with my family, too. I don't want to be the mom that's, oh, they just remember running around practically yeah. all the time. You know, that point about the hosting, it's a good point because I sometimes feel a little bit sad when I go to a good friend's house that's hosting and I can't talk to her. Right, because she's so busy, and you understand, but you're like, oh, I would have rather than gone for coffee, where we nobody is having to host, and you can just talk. Yeah, anyway, a bit of a maybe also case. resting well would mean that we are rejuvenated to do the regular activities again. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think recuperation. My yep. smallest this morning when I went to go wake her up, I said, "Oh, you had such a great sleep. I heard you snoring all night. You must have. Re- <laughs> you must feel so recuperated." She's like, "She's sick." Six, sorry. Yes. And she said, recuperate. Her eyes are still closed. Recuperate? What is recuperate? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I think it's when your body's rested enough that you can tackle everything you have in your day. Like kindergarten. <laughs> kindergarten. That's so great. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I think that's the end of our podcast today. Yeah. So We are getting into our leisure mode. I so know. our brains are stopping to think. I know. We're at the 28-minute mark. Yeah. Almost 29-minute mark. Okay, Crystal, why don't you pray for us that we be rested and recuperated? There you go. (laughs) Lord, I thank you that you modeled when you're on earth um, rest, that even in the creation story, um, you modeled rest to us, that you worked for six days and then rested. Lord, I uh, thank you for just that uh, encouragement that all of us uh, need places of rejuvenation. Uh, that there's a time and a place and a season for everything that's in our life and and that they, uh, you will give us energy to do what we need to do for each day. So I pray, Lord, that we would be people who um, look to you for our day planners um, as we look towards the day ahead of us, that we would look to you for what's important, what we need to do, what we can leave to the side, uh, that we would get our worth from you so that we're not looking at other people and our busy lives as being something that makes us feel valuable or worthwhile. I pray, Lord, that uh, as we take time over the summer, that you will give us inspiration and ideas for how we can come back in September rested, ready to serve in a more um, yeah, rejuvenated way, mm-hmm. recuperated. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for this time and what we can uh, share together. And I just pray your blessing on all those people who are listening. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, that you would be with them as they rest, Lord, that you would draw them closer to yourself uh, through your word and through your presence. So we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.